Welcome, everyone. I'm Weabro Derek, and this is yet another Weabro's Anime Podcast special feature. I guess I should let Sean introduce himself, too, eh? Yeah, you forgot me. I, I know. I'm sorry. I did the last one, last one without you, and I completely forgot. Sean, rhetorical question here. Have you ever been watching a series and seen a particular exercise or training or practice regimen and thought, hmm, would that actually produce those kind of results? Yeah, after watching One Punch Man and seeing his routine, and I'd really like to, to do that so I can kill everything in One Punch, possibly, but I don't want to lose my hair. And uh, so I've got a few questions about that. Priorities, man. Wonder no more. Nonetheless, though, we've got Steven and Duffy on the show from Real Anime Training with us today. We're going to examine some of those workouts from a few of the more popular anime and manga series out there. We'll get into those as outlined on your guys' site. But first, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Doing swell. I mean, I, I, that's kind of a lie. I woke up maybe 20 minutes before this, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fine, sort of Good. At least we're all on the same page. So, Sean mentioned One Punch Man. At some point throughout the series, Genos is asking our main character, Saitama, how he's achieved his impressive strength and speed and ability to basically destroy everything with one punch. Saitama replies that he followed a very grueling training regimen consisting of 100 push-ups... 100 sit-ups, 100 squats, and a 10K, which is what, a six or seven mile run, I think? It's 6.2 miles. Yeah, 6.2 mile run every single day, in addition to not using the air conditioning in the summer. Being our guest experts for the day, I'm going to open this up to you guys. Is this something that realistically can help someone achieve the muscular physique, strength, and speed that Saitama has? Uh, as far as his muscularity is concerned, if you see him with, with his shirt and his uh, pants off at the superhero, the registration test, he's not huge and muscular. He's kind of lean and got that athletic look. Um, that's actually not too far off from what you would look like if you followed that type of routine. Because of all the uh, the running, I said that's the one thing that really actually sticks out to me here. Is I figure, okay, 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats. That's not too bad. But I feel like six miles a day. I mean, I've got friends that run and are really into that, the marathon runners and trainers. But I tried doing was it four miles a day for like two weeks, and I thought my shins were gonna break. Oh, I'm I'm absolutely certain that that you felt that way. And part of the the biggest problem with Saitama's training program is that there wasn't really any ramp up. He didn't condition himself to the the mileage. And that's really the hardest thing is the mileage over any length of time. He jumped right into it. And that's that's going to end up with some serious issues um, with your knees and your IT band and your like you were dealing with shin splints, mm -hmm. problems with that if you are just jumping into it. Mileage is something that has to be increased gradually over time. So what would be a more manageable version of something like this to start with? Like, Sean, you mentioned that you were going to really start working out again. You know, it's time for the desperate attempt to get into summer shape, right? We've got to get the beach right. bods going. Would you feel comfortable doing 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats? Probably not consecutively, right? Like, we're talking sets. Like, Yeah, I'd do sets of 10 probably in my weak ass. <laughs> uh, and I also had a question about... Uh, could I substitute an elliptical, do you think? Because I got bad knees, so I don't really want to run for six miles, but I well, could do it on an elliptical. Yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, making a program yours, and that's really what fitness is about, is making things work for you. 
I don't see any problem with that whatsoever uh, because if, if you're going to say, well, that's not the program that he followed, well, it's like, yeah, but you're also not going to get the ability to destroy a building in one punch either. All right, never mind then. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's important to point out, or at least worth pointing out, that the whole not using the AC in the summer thing and not using the heat in the winter thing doesn't really contribute to physical ability. Yeah, it's not going to contribute to your overall physical ability. It will allow you to be able to become acclimated to those temperatures, which is is a physical thing, but it's not going to make you stronger per se. So Right. So Tom, for the most part, just kind of made things harder on himself that way. There's it, it not yeah, there's application a- to that unless you plan on moving somewhere that's going to have extreme temperatures. Yeah, there's a large the overarching theme in One Punch Man about the idea of breaking your limiters in your mind, making things more difficult for yourself in that process would do that so yeah I, I mean there's some benefit to becoming acclimated to temperatures but not as far as like um super athletic performance now megalo box is a very popular series this season and a very good one too in my opinion and it's actually a reimagining of a much older series called ashitano joe on yes. your site, you've got Joe's basic training workout from this original series consisting of a three-mile run, 3,000 mm-hmm. instances of jumping rope, yep. one, 100 sit-ups, three rounds of three-minute heavy bag work, and three rounds of three-minute mitt work with um, brief resting periods in between. Is yes. this another daily kind of routine or a Monday, Wednesday, Friday kind of thing? That depends on you because at the very beginning of a person's fitness journey that would murder them you know so i mean like you you doing that every day and very quickly the fatigue is going to pile up so at the very beginning it would be one of those things where you would want to do it you know twice a week you know something like that give your give your body sufficient rest and you know do something nice and easy like walking on those other days and then eventually yeah something like that a boxer routine you could easily do you know five six days a week and not have a problem i mean the shaolin monks train six days a week like eight hours a day but they they built up to that kind of stuff over time it's funny you should mention building up into it there's another popular boxing series that aired in the early 2000s called hajime no ippo early on in that series our main character uh, is getting ready for oh he's getting into boxing shape for his first big fight uh, against what will become his rival and he's already got something i guess of a muscular base which kind of maybe makes this different he's been a dock worker so he's not completely new to physical labor physical activity but his conditioning workout and this is fairly early on consists of three round sets of 25 push-ups 25 sit-ups 25 hindu squats are those the ones where you're like on your toes yes Uh, he's got a mile run followed by five sets of sprinting uphill and then three minutes worth of neck bridging that's actually the a three mile run that it's that a, one okay three mile run that seems yeah. to be the standard then so three miles plus the five sets of the sprinting uphill correct yeah three minutes worth of neck bridging which is um do you want to explain that properly yeah that's an that's an old um old school calisthenic exercise where you if you've ever seen a gymnastic bridge you know what you know what that is Yes. Um, where you kind of get got yourself up into that big, uh, you know, like an arch. At the very beginnings of that, uh, of a wrestler's bridge or a neck bridge, you would put your forehead or the top of your head or your forehead on the ground, and you would support your weight on your neck in that position. At the very beginning, you would just use your, your hands to support yourself and your neck, but then later guys would be able to get up to the point where they would hold themselves with just their head, 
just the strength of their neck and sometimes even holding weight. It is dangerous if you lack the mobility to get into the position. And it is also dangerous if you are not strong enough to hold that position and you try to make yourself do it. I was going to say, that sounds pretty rough, actually. As someone who has gotten to the point previously of being able to do that, I can tell you that rushing it is a bad idea. I would bet. So, so we've got the push-ups, the sit-ups, the squats, the sprints, the run, the bridge. Then you've got three rounds of sprinting with a tire in tow. So presumably a tire tied to the waist as you're running. And then he's got some rope jumping and then more of the technical drills, your heavy bag, your shadow yeah. boxing. A routine like this, this is someone who already has a bit of a build, but probably most people aren't going to be able to jump into running with one of those big heavy tires behind them, are they? No, not at all. And to be fair, a lot of the uh, workouts that you'll see anime characters do are not things that your average Joe is going to want to try and jump right into from the get-go. Ramping up is a very valuable discipline for anyone trying to get into this kind of stuff. And you were absolutely right when you talked about Ippo's previous time because he spent however many years helping his mother at Makamuch Fishing Boat lifting a crap ton of weight because for whatever reason, just like you know most men, he didn't want to make two trips when moving uh, the ice chest. So he was just trying to pick them all up at the same time, which I have to commend him for because anytime you go to the grocery store, it's like, I'm getting all this in one trip. Oh yeah. Yeah. At least all 15 bags up three flights of stairs, one trip. There is no compromise. <laughs> one thing that's very interesting here though, is the two previous routines we looked at emphasized body weight type workouts very heavily. Uh, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of that in this one too, but also the tire pull components. And this isn't the only series that does that. My Hero Academia has a training montage that includes some tire workouts and they're very Absolutely. popular here stateside amongst sprinters American football players, uh, obviously, you can drag a tire behind you as you run, but what are some of the other exercises you can do with tires specifically? And then what are the pros and cons of body weight type workouts versus ones that incorporate heavy lifting like with the tires? Gotcha. All right. So let's start with the first question, which is the, the tire thing. And it really depends on how big the tire is. Because if you look at when Ippo first starts using a tire, when he's pulling it, it's a very big tire. Um, and he's just sort of doing like a tire pull. He's not running with it. And so that's like more like a sled pull um, that you might see. And that's going to be upper level strength. So it's like maximal strength that you'd be um, doing for the posterior chain. So that's like your, your back and your glutes and your hamstrings and that kind of stuff. And a strong posterior chain is super important to athletic performance, which is why you see so many sprinters and football players and whatnot do things like that. The difference, um, well, I guess I'll talk more about the tire, but if you had like a smaller tire, you could run faster because you see Ippo later do that with a with with smaller tires. He runs distance pulling one to three smaller tires. Uh, and then you can do things like you see in My Hero Academia when Deku is grabbing tires and like carrying them and then throwing them and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it gives you the ability to have something that's an awkward object that maybe weighs 20 to 50 pounds and you get to manipulate it, maybe throw it. And it, it taxes the body in different ways that a traditional dumbbell or a barbell wouldn't necessarily do. There are two more series I want to get to here. Sean, I know you've mentioned in the past that you're a bigger fan of MMA than boxing. Yeah. Definitely. There's a manga series called All Rounder Meguru, which is an MMA series. And this one, uh, similar to what we've discussed with the other workout regimens prior to this, there's a yeah. lot of running. <laughs> there's a three-mile run. We've got three sets of max push-ups, then three yeah. minutes worth of X or frog hops in a box, which are the ones you, know, you draw a box or whatever, and you just 
hop between the different squares uh, within it when you carve it into four. You've got three sets of max rep pull-ups, three sets of max rep decline sit-ups, and then of course various grappling drills for the mixed martial art discipline. This isn't the only ideology that puts faith in the max reps philosophy. What are some of the advantages and disadvantages of using a routine that emphasizes doing certain exercises basically until you collapse? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, the idea of the, the max repetition is sort of pushing your upper limits. Um, so you can do like 10 sets of 10 and get to 100. But the, the issue there is that you're not necessarily pushing your ability to do more than 10 reps at a time. Let's say that you did, you know, got it up to 20 sets of 10. Eventually, I imagine that you would be able to do, you know, 20 or 30 repetitions at a time and it would be okay, but you'd actually be able to increase your ability to do more at one time if you did several maximal rep, uh, sets instead of breaking it into smaller sections because the law of specificity in training states that whatever you train to do, you get better at. So if you train to do more at one time, you will necessarily build, you know, the biological things inside the muscle to do that sort of thing. That makes so much sense to me because I can, when, when I'll do my chest and back day, you know, I, I can do 150 push-ups easily, but I break them into sets of 25. You, yeah. you jump that up to trying to do like 35 or 40 in one instance instead of 25 and the strength just plummets. That's an interesting thing because the amount of glycogen that your muscle holds um, is one of the things that determines how many reps you can do at one time. And what's going to push that is doing those maximal sets. And so like, let's use you do 150 pushups in, in your chest day broken into sets of 25. Now, I don't know what your maximum, how many you can do at one time is, but I would say that, you know, if you can pretty easily do 25 at one go, that that's probably in the realm of about 40 to 50% of your max. So you might be able to do, you know, 50 pushups mm -hmm. in one go. So if you started doing, you know, a higher percentage of that, you're going to find that um, it's really starting to tax the glycogen in the muscle. So it's going to kill that, that stamina. Mm -hmm. And so you're, it's going to be, you know, 150 pushups doing it in that fashion is going to feel completely different. Um, oh, yeah. And so it's also going to elicit a, dis a different training response. Would you believe it, folks? There's science behind the pain. <laughs> uh, the final show that I want to take a look at here is Attack on Titan. In this series, obviously, we've got all of humanity living in fear of these giant humanoid creatures called Titans. It's hard to imagine somebody who isn't familiar with this series by now. But uh, just for the sake of formalities, we'll explain it a bit here. They do have a military, and there are soldiers that go out and fight these things. They've got grapple hook maneuver type gear that allows them to hop and swing from trees and buildings and such. But the equipment is rather taxing to be continuously using. In addition to hand-to-hand -hand combat training, they're required to have very strong cardio function, very strong core fitness so they don't destroy their back and abdominal muscles using this maneuver gear. They have to have very good balance, very quick lateral movement. The series itself doesn't seem to go extremely in-depth into the workout regiment for military cadets, but we are shown glimpses of it. We know they run, we know they climb, uh, we know they do a lot of body weight type strength training, but I'd like to ask you guys, if someone were to try and model a workout after something like they were training for the Survey Corps or the Garrison, what kind of routine could they do to improve agility, balance, core strength, cardio, all that? Uh, that really goes back to what I was saying about specificity. So you would want to do exercises that were as close as possible to the things that you would be doing in whatever job you were having. 
the the core strength is super important so you know planks and side planks and that kind of stuff and then also holding onto a bar or holding onto a rope or something like that and trying to keep yourself from moving something that's very important uh in core training is something called anti-rotation and so it you know it's not the the ability to rotate your you know muscles like throwing a punch or something like that it's the ability to keep yourself from rotating while applying force and so that would be something similar to i'm going to use the 3d maneuver gear and shoot a, you know a thing over here and but i i don't want to feel like my body's getting ragdolled so i want to be able to keep myself stable in that process you know one of the things that i've i've done for anti-rotation things is if you've uh, got a cable you can essentially use one arm on the cable and do rows or presses with just one side but not move at all anything but the arm so you're going to really feel that tension in the midsection while doing that because you're trying to stop yourself from rotating while exerting force. And you're not going to be able to move as much weight because you don't have a stable base. Um, you can also do one arm planks um, and, you know, one arm handstands and that kind of stuff to try to hang on. <laughs> one arm handstands. That sounds like some <laughs> high level type stuff there. Sure, sure. And so, I mean, like, I, you know, there's very, I just gave you three levels of it just now. So, yeah. like, the lowest level of it would be operating in that, uh, you know, that level of work with the, the cables. And then, you know, the, the one-arm plank is pretty brutal. And then, you know, the one-arm handstand would be, like, like a very advanced version. Highest level. I don't know about highest level. I'm sure you could probably make something up that was worse than that. Handstand. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to. Uh, so, Sean, are you ready now to to uh, convert that one room to your gym now and like you were planning? Yep, I've got it all cleared out. I got it all started. I just need an elliptical and probably some free weights, but I'm going to start doing uh, the One Punch Man uh, training program probably just for like the first few months because I'd imagine you plateau pretty quickly. But yeah, and I, I'd like to document it for uh, for the podcast, and then it'll sure, be fun. Sure. Now, are you gonna are you just gonna break right into trying to do that distance right off the bat? I know I could do it. I've done it many times, even on a treadmill. I mean, I don't really run uh, on the roads too often, but yeah, I can do six miles pretty easily. Okay, but could you do it day after day? He'll find out. <laughs> I'm going to find out. We'll see. We'll see. What's your general weekly mileage? I'd probably do 15 miles really? in a week. Uh, 10K a day is going to wreck you. Okay. <laughs> I believe it. Three seems to be a good number, and that's probably why it keeps reoccurring in all these other workouts is three seems to be like the nice happy medium it's enough to get the blood pumping get me breathing a little bit but at the same time i'm not breaking my knees or shins or anything like i was doing four and five miles uh obviously you know steven wrote that that whole um one punch man three-year program finished how long did you finish it a few months ago that was a few months ago i finished finished this whole it's like every day has a different kind of exercise so it's you know, you're doing 100 push-ups, 100 set of 100 squats, 10K run every day, but they're broken up into different kinds of things because, like you said, you probably plateau pretty quickly if you're doing the same calisthenics every single day. So the way Steven's program works is one day you're doing a straight-up 100 push-ups, sit-ups, and squats, and 10K run, and the next day you're doing butterfly squats. You're doing Hindu uh, sit-up, squats, sorry. <laughs> um, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, you've got uh, close grip uh, push-ups. You've got 
all sorts of other kinds. There's probably hundreds of variations on those same three calisthenics and the running gets broken up in different ways too. That way your body never gets used to doing the same thing every day and makes plateauing a lot more difficult and to... Uh, that's what's referred to as muscle confusion, correct? The term muscle confusion is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is pretty much coined by the guy that does P90X. And uh, so I don't much like that. All it is is essentially is introducing additional um, training stimulus because if you do the same training stimulus, right. your body becomes more efficient at that. And so it doesn't need as much strength to do it. So like, for instance, if you just did 100 pushups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats and 10K of run every single day, then you would begin to put on some muscle because you need that muscle in order to do those things. But in any endurance activity, if you just do that endurance activity, the muscle becomes more efficient at doing that activity and you actually begin to lose muscle mass over time because it doesn't need as much muscle to do the same work because the body's very lazy. One thing we haven't talked about yet <sighs> is food. I'll be the first yeah. to admit here a large part of the reason I don't quite have the physique I want right now is because I don't eat the most balanced diet. I eat a lot of sweets, not much else, but uh, if you're going to embark on a mission to really improve your athleticism, your physique, how important is it to at least try to change your diet as well? Vastly. Yeah, vastly. You can't out train a bad diet. And that's regardless of what your goals are. If you want to lose weight, if you want to gain weight, if you want to put muscle on, or if you want to have complete recomposition of your body, the majority of those changes are going to be made because of the diet that you have. And that's because you can't build muscle without appropriate calorie intake and protein. You can't lose fat without having a cal caloric deficit. Um, and let me tell you, it is easy as, as a person who loves to eat, it is easy to burn, you know, six or 7,000 calories during a training season. And then it's like, I also ate that many. So <laughs> <laughs> Steven's been training me for the last eight months for weight loss. He's the athletic guy. I'm a very, very heavy guy. But every time I plateau or every time I stop losing weight, it's because I stopped eating right. So like I can do whatever I want to do in the gym and make him do all manner of things and make him hate me. But if he goes home and doesn't adhere to the things that I told him to do, I can't stop that. So it, yes, to, diet is extremely important. You can't eat like Goku if you're not gonna train like Goku and no human can train like Goku. So. <laughs> Lastly, we are all fans of anime here. I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z after school. I don't think we can underestimate just how motivational anime can be for people. I mean, I watch an episode of Yomushi Pedal or something and I'm ready to go after, right? right? But it's like, I don't even like riding the bike and I wanna get on the bike. <laughs> even more generally speaking though, Given the type of channel you guys have on YouTube, the Real Anime Training blog, anime was clearly motivational for you to some extent as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. For myself, in uh, specifically, I was a fat kid and uh, had a lot of really, you know, poor health things. I was like 180 pounds as a 10-year-old. You know, I have a 10-year-old right now, and I look at him and I'm like, God, I'm glad you do not weigh, you know, because he he he'd have to have put on 100 pounds to weigh what I weighed when he was when I was his age. And uh, watching the characters that I looked up to doing all the stuff that they did, and also having a dad who was a personal trainer, <laughs> um, it, was, it, was, it was definitely motivating to, to watch those characters do that stuff. And I've always loved fighting and stuff, so Dragon Ball, of course, is like the go-to. As for me, I didn't actually grow up with anime, and um, Steven, when he started training me, started using anime as like a, an anchor point for, to point to different workouts and characters and stuff. And, 
I had to actually start getting into it and I've come to realize, wow, Dragon Ball is very motivating and all this other stuff is very motivating. I started, I'm, I have not stopped watching anime now and it's only helped benefit my mindset when it comes to training. And if you look at people who watch this on YouTube or read the blog, there are a lot of people who find real tangible inspiration when they look at the kind of things that these characters do and how that can be translated into the real world and into their own lives. And so if you find something that motivates you to work out, be it anime or video games or whatever, if it helps you, if that's what motivates you, no one should make you feel ashamed about that. Sean, I feel like there's a somewhat similar parallel there between um, Stephen and Duffy and then you and I, where Sean is a relative newcomer to anime. And early on, one of our first episodes, we did life lessons learned from anime. And Sean, wasn't one of the things that you had learned watching anime, or a reoccurring theme at least, is just persistence in the face of continuous hurdles and seeing characters more often than not overcome them? Yeah, that's super motivating. Yeah, that's an important thing to develop in yourself, I've discovered. It's like when we started uh, my, my weight loss training, I was 425 pounds. We've, we've gone down about 50 pounds since then, a little more than 50 pounds. Uh, if, and I've tried, you know, weight loss in the past, but because, you know, as you, as you put an unrelenting will, I didn't have that. And I'd go for a couple of weeks and then I'd stop and I'd wind up worse off later on than it was before. But then my daughter was born a couple of years ago and that's been my motivation to, to develop that uh, will that just won't stop. Wow, well, Stephen and Duffy, thanks again for taking some time to to chat with us today. Absolutely, it was fun. Again, where can people go if they want to check out all the different anime-inspired workouts that you've got that will help them push beyond their limits and achieve a more perfect form? <laughs> the first place that you can go to is uh, realanimetraining.com. It has uh, been revamped, but the blog has been going since 2007. We are the first nerd-themed fitness blog or website, period, before Jack's Play, before Nerd Fitness, before anybody else. We were there. And then on YouTube, you can just real anime training. YouTube.com slash real anime training. Yeah, slash real anime training. And you there. can see all of our videos there. Um, and then you can check us out at the anime trainer on Twitter. And then we've got a Facebook page also. And for anyone interested, we've got something brand new coming out. A huge project we've been working on very soon. It's going to be revealed. But it's uh, realanimetraining.com slash soon. We're giving out email updates to those who want to be involved in this massive project we've got going on. Yeah, so if you guys want to get involved in that and you want to update on that just go ahead and give us your email and we would be happy to keep you updated and as always folks you can get involved in the discussion with sean and i on the we bros website one of these days we'll get a real nice and easy url but for now you can more easily find it by googling we bros blog that's w-e-e-a-b-r-o-s you can also email we bros blog at yahoo.com that'll do it for this episode thanks for listening thanks everybody <laughs>